Welcome back to Theology in Action. I'm Levi Hytry here again with Dr. Tony Caffey. Today we're going to talk about a topic that seems kind of simple on the base level, but I think as we dig into it, it's going to point out some interesting things that maybe you haven't thought of before. We're going to talk about the church. So just starting out real simple, real basic. Why do we as Christians, why do we go to church? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and it's inconvenient, isn't it? I mean, we go to church on Sunday. We could be doing something else. Probably have an uncle like I do yeah. that says I can connect with God better, you know, at the lake on Sunday morning or at the golf course. And yet um, we believe that there is meaningful a connection with the Lord and with the Lord's people as we gather once a week. And this dates back really to the Old Testament pattern that we get. God created the universe in six days and then he rested on the seventh, right? So, and when you think about that, just logically, why did God rest on the seventh day? You know, does God need rest? Does he need a break? No, he's, he's infinitely powerful. Uh, he did that to show us something. He did that to show us uh, a pattern of work and rest, and that shows up in the Ten Commandments as we have this commandment to, to rest on the seventh day, to, to focus on worship and to dedicate it even to the Lord. So that Old Testament pattern, as we move to the New Testament, gets picked up on, but we do have a shift. So Saturday was the day of rest in the Old Testament world, the Sabbath. Um, that word actually means rest in Hebrew. Um, but in the New Testament world, the pattern switches to Sunday because of Christ's resurrection. So as the early church was gathering, they gathered on the day of Jesus' resurrection on Sunday morning, and that's been taking place for 2,000 years. And so, you know, why do we gather? I, the easiest answer is because we as followers of the Lord have been doing that for centuries, dating back to the Old Testament. And I, I think even beyond that, if I could just speak about the rhythms of life, there's something healthy, there's something that's uh, good for us, that's uh, health-giving in taking a break, take, take, having that rhythm of, okay, six days I'm working, I'm focused on these tasks, even tasks beyond maybe my employment, taking care of my kids, doing this, running around. Sunday, okay, Sundays I'm going to dedicate to gathering with the other believers. And we do have, of course, that passage in Hebrews that talks about not forsaking the gathering. Yeah. So that is, in and of itself, is important for us to, to focus on, okay, we're going to go to church on Sunday. We're going to worship the Lord. We're going to get our minds off of the daily routines and the work and all the other stresses of our life. And we're going we're gonna to focus on the Lord. We're going to worship the Lord. And, and that's incredibly valuable in terms of the rhythms of life. I have seen that in my own experience. Even if I wasn't a Christian, I would encourage people to, you need, you need to rest on a regular basis and, and find this good rhythm of, of once a week taking a break. But I am a Christian, and I do know the value of not just rest, but also worship. And so, um, and that's why we, we go to church, and that's why we, we do the inconvenient thing of getting our kids out of bed and getting them dressed and go to church and uh, I know it feels probably if we have parents who are watching right now, sometimes like your kids, like the whole world is against you trying to get your kids to church on Sunday morning or even to get yourself there on Sunday morning because just the kids fight in ways that they wouldn't on 
Saturday morning, all of a sudden now on Sunday morning, it's like, you know, the devil is actively trying to prevent that. And, and I don't mean that um, flippantly. I think the devil is actively trying to restrict uh, the people of God from gathering on Sunday. So it's valuable. It's meaningful to dedicate that time uh, to worship. And that's, that's why we go to church once, once a week. Awesome. You touched on a few things that I'm interested in coming back into. First, you talked about the difference in the Sabbath being Saturday and us uh, meeting on Sunday. Yeah. Why Sunday? Is there any specific symbolism or is a metaphor for something? Why is that day important? Yeah, Jesus' resurrection is, is what we celebrate there. Um, we, you know, the first day of the week, there's a sense of completion as we think about typologically the work that Christ has done. We are entering into the Sabbath rest, so to speak, and now celebrating a, uh, uh, a new uh, covenant, the new covenant dynamic of the old has been fulfilled in Christ. So that makes Sunday significant. It doesn't mean... You know, we can't worship on other days or that uh, somehow Sunday is sacrosanct and that's the only day of worship. There's such a thing as Saturday night services. In fact, even dating back to the Old Testament, they would their Sabbath would start on Friday night, moving through Saturday. So, um, And it's not as if we can't worship on other days. We have a Wednesday night service where we teach God's Word and our, our youth gather uh, to uh, have a time of, of Bible study and fellowship, and, and that's good. But I think, you know, historically, too, so there's the scriptural components where the, the early church gathered on Sunday, Christ raised from dead on Sunday. There's something meaningful. Levi, tell me if you agree with this. Like, we're doing something when we gather on Sunday that the church, that our forebearers have done for 2,000 years. I mean, that's—and if, if you link it to Saturday, then you're going back even further. But let's just say on Sunday, for 2,000 years, since the days of— you know, Peter and the other uh, disciples and, and Paul, the early church, we were gathering, we're, we're a part of that tradition that dates back then. Now, tradition can be a bad thing, and sometimes we need to jettison it if it doesn't have like a scriptural foundation. But in this case, it does have a scriptural foundation. It is something we're linked into for for um, 2,000 years, and, and, and something about that is is celebrative as we gather for church. Here we go, kids. We're going to go do what Christians have been doing for centuries. You know, yay! Maybe the kids don't say that, but uh, eventually I would like them to get to a place where they do. They see the historical connections, celebrate it, and then we go to church and prioritize the worship of the Lord. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, wholeheartedly agree. So uh, kind of touching, even this is coming from a personal perspective, and I know many other people I know have said things like this, thought things like this. I, for a period of time in my life, there, life was busy. I worked 60, 70 hours a yep. week, and my weekend time became precious to me in the wrong yep. sense, where this is my downtime. I need to recharge and relax. And I justified that by saying, well, I have one of one relationship with the Lord, and that's what he calls us ultimately to do is this is a one-on-one -on -one relationship. And you touched on it a little bit, but can you can you dig into the importance of why is it important to go to church yeah. on top of or inclusively from to having the one-on-one -on -one aspect? One-on-one -on -one relationship yeah. with the Lord, yeah. So, I mean, it is inconvenient to go to church. So I get that, especially, I mean, we dealt with the COVID world where yeah. we were dealing with this worldwide pandemic. And, um, and, I, and, and I will add to that, you know, just 
full transparency. It's inconvenient relationally, too. If you get involved in relationships, they get messy, inevitably, right? Because we are sinners, we're fallen. So sometimes we go to church with people that we don't like, or we go to church with people that we maybe have uh, some kind of conflict with, and and it's easier to just avoid that, or you know maybe go to another church or don't go to church at all because of the relational complexity of that, or or the inconvenience of that. Um, but but your the value of it in terms of the collective gathering of the saints with the Holy Spirit power that's invested in each of us is is worth pressing through those inconveniences. Now, quick caveat, and then I'll pick up right there, but we do, we do need to make exceptions for our brothers and sisters in Christ who work on Sunday, which yeah, some of them do. Sure. So I, you know, had a friend who was a police officer in the Chicago area, and he worked a lot of Sundays. Yeah. Had to. That was part of his profession. And I used to work at Soldier Field uh, in Chicago when I was in seminary. So I had to work those football games that, um, you know, the Bears were playing at home. So, uh, you know, even in that, I will say that it, even in that, and my police officer friend would agree with this, you, you feel like you're missing something. You're going to work, you're missing out on the gathering of the saints. So, so maybe setting that aside and the need for some people to work that the value of it in terms of gathering is, okay, we are a body of believers all indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has given us these gifts to be utilized, leveraged for the, the edification of each of us. So some teach, some serve, uh, some um, have gifts of hospitality, some have gifts of encouragement, some, you know, all of these gifts now uh, pooled together in the church body, now leveraged for mutual edification, it's a beautiful thing. And also, on top of that, we're worshiping the Lord in the use of those gifts as we we gather and we sing and we study His Word. Um, it, it's a beautiful thing. It's really so beautiful that it's, it's worth the effort of being inconvenienced to go to church, to, to work through the relational messiness. Jesus even alluded to this, and that's why he gave us passages like Matthew 18 to work through, you know, the sins that we yeah. commit against each other and the, the struggles that we have there. So uh, I know I'm advocating for something that I'm heavily invested in. I'm a pastor of yeah. the church. Um, I love the church, and so I'm not an objective voice just speaking to church. But uh, but I, you know, even I haven't always been a pastor. I wasn't born a pastor, Levi, you know. You knew that. Um, you know, I benefited from the the weekly rhythms and the influences of other people at church ever since my childhood, and that was beautiful. Even before I became a pastor, going to church and 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 benefiting from that was a big part of my pre-pastor life, if I can say it that way. So, um, so I I adamantly uh, encourage. Um, and challenge people to make church a priority, to uh, work through some of the messiness that might be a part of it, To uh, especially parents. I'll tell you a quick story, and then I'll, I know it. we need to move forward. But when I was in, a kid, you know, my parents, we went to church for Awanas on Wednesdays, and then we went to church every Sunday. So I played baseball, and I was pretty good at baseball. And every, <laughs> like every season that we started – my mom would go up to my coaches and she would like look them square in the face and be like, if you have a practice on Sunday, 
my son will not be there, you know. <laughs> Good for her. And, it, and I was like, come on, mom. You know, like, we just, this is my new coach. And I thought I would maybe, um, you know, get, get he would react against me in that case. It, it never really happened. He, they were usually pretty gracious about that. Um, but my mom was just adamant, like, we go to church on Sunday. And then even after church, we're resting as a family. We're not going to get caught up and going hither and yon to do other things. And so there was a little bit of flex as we got a little older with that. But she was, she was teaching, that was a teaching moment for her to tell us through telling our coach, the Lord is a priority. The Lord is important, more important than baseball. Yeah. And that stuck with me. And so yeah. good job, mom. Thanks for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Uh, and I can advocate for it on kind of, I know you advocate on the pastor side. So you say there's some bias in there. And I have some bias as well. But having come through, that aspect of going through that and being on the other side. Uh, my perspective is one, and if I can try to make this as concise as I can of a, like a 10-year working that the Lord did in my heart was what originally got me going back to church was, okay, was the conviction of the Scripture tells us we need to be in the gathering. Yeah. That's what got me in the building. Yeah. So I was setting, I was hearing the preaching, I was worshiping, I was taking communion once a month, whatever it was at the time, then I was going home. And there was benefit in that. Then Lord really started working on my heart and started pointing out more about what the church and what the fellowship really is. And the actual point of it is not just to go and set and to take, but to, like you said, your, use your gifts, be involved, yeah. be a part of the body yeah. and put it to work. And as I started to do that more, I started to see that more. There's more accountability around me. And yeah. that was being in the aspect of I was wrong on things I didn't realize I was wrong on because I only have one limited perspective looking at this thing where people of experience and lens have immense more perspective that they can say, well, you're, you're close, but here's where you're missing it. And very simple little things like that. And I, I could get on the soapbox all day long, but just advocating it from the other perspective and having come through the other side is there is benefit in, yes, we are called to gather, but there's benefit and that's, and that, that's how we're built to operate as a body, as a yeah. fellowship is working together and being involved in the church yeah. and giving back and moving to moving forward together. Yeah. I don't like check the box Christianity yeah. where yeah. check the, yeah, I went to church, did yeah. my thing. It's, yeah. Even we can do that even with like our quiet, I did my quiet time yeah. thing. You know, I appeased the God. Yeah, no. it's that moves it. Personally, I think that kind of moves it out. It, it doesn't feel like a relationship at that point. It, it feels like something no. else, something kind of dirty in my mind to a sense. It's just you're, you're you you would want to evaluate your heart of are you doing it for the right reasons or just because you feel like you have to. And there's something deeper I would suggest that might be going on there. And for me personally, there absolutely was that needed to be uprooted. So digging into what we do at church on Sundays, yeah. uh, something that I hadn't thought a lot of for a long time because we've gone, we've done this for 2,000 years. Yeah. It's changed here and there, different things, but we go into the building, we're greeted. Most churches are, you're greeted at the door, you go sit down, you yeah. talk for a minute, you get your coffee. Church starts, some form of announcements, worship, maybe communion if it's communion Sunday, then you yeah. get a teaching, then you have a song, you yeah. pray it out, you go home. Why that structure? Why that order? Yeah, the liturgy, so yes. to speak. Yes. Yeah, church has always had a liturgy, and even we're a non-denominational church, yeah. but even we have a liturgy, yeah. and that's part of our Reformation heritage, with the preaching of the Bible being central. 
And that's something that's, you know, modeled, again, from the Old Testament all the way to the New Testament. You know, Moses reading the Scripture to the Israelites and, and the king, even in Israel, reading the Scriptures to himself and then also to the people out loud, the prophets, you know, prophesying out loud. Uh, the the New Testament letters being circulated to the churches and being read out yeah. loud, and then as um, you know, churches would gather the early church and beyond that, there was that that focus uh, with even the church fathers to okay, we're going to set aside a portion of our gathering. Uh, ecclesia, the word for church means gathering, as part of the ecclesia to uh, to to worship uh, through the study of God's word. So and if and if God's word is what we say it is in terms of revelation from him why wouldn't we do that you know not just personally and individually but corporately now we're we're engaged in hearing from God the very words of God so uh preaching teaching God's word has uh, you know that's why it's an important part of our liturgy and I can trace the same trajectory for singing songs as well that goes back to the old testament as well uh, songs of the Old Testament, that we have a whole book that's full of songs that David and others wrote, the Psalter, and the Israelites used in, in communal worship. Uh, so, and and there is something where the the songs that we sing, the the engagement with singing does touch an aspect of our psyche that's yeah. important as we're, you know, intellectually and emotionally pressed to worship the Lord. Um, and we're, we're wired as creatures like that, where we are called to worship the Lord with heart, soul, mind, and strength. So what does that mean? With the whole of our being, even the, the emotions that God has given us, we're, we're, we're harnessing them, we're capturing them in order to worship the Lord's song. I don't know why this is, Levi. I think I have a sense for why this is, but there's just something about the use of song as we sing to the Lord that, that really you know, catapults our, our emotions. And that's why, you know, Jesus talks about spirit and truth, that dynamic, um, what is that, John 5, where he says that, John 3 maybe, um, where he, you know, the Lord is seeking those people who will worship in spirit and truth. So we have spirited worship, but also truth-based worship. Yeah. And that can, it, when when that's brought together in song in a really powerful way, man, it's impactful. Yeah. As we sing truths, as we worship the Lord with heart, soul, mind, and strength. Uh, so that, I mean, that's been a part of the church, early church from the beginning, dating back to the Old Testament. That's an important part of what we do when we gather for church. You mentioned communion, yeah. you know, the two ordinances that date back to uh, the the first century world. We had baptisms this yeah. last week. Yeah. That was great here, and you know that's a once, you know, for all time deal when people get baptized. So hopefully, you know, you're having people getting baptized regularly, but it, you know, it's not the same people over and over again. <laughs> uh, but for communion, that's the one where regularly we can do that again and again, and keep being reminded, yeah. ultimately, of of what. Christ has done for us, yeah. you know. Do this in remembrance of me. We're we're taking the bread that signifies the body of Christ. Um, we're taking the blood that signifies the the. We're taking the cup that signifies the blood of Jesus shed for our sins. Um, so that's another one of those things that's been done for two thousand years that we can partake in, and it's valuable as well. Coffee, you know, that <laughs> sure. could be part of your liturgy or yeah. not, give or take. Uh, I'm glad that we have it, but yeah. 
yeah. doesn't have to be a part of our liturgy. Absolutely. <laughs> we, uh, you and I have talked very brief, briefly about this. Uh, I think you tend to land a little more on the extrovert side that, than I do. Yeah. I tend to be a little more introverted and introverted extrovert is what a lot of people end up calling me, which point being, uh, talking about worship into, into the teaching. Uh, for me personally, singing, I love to sing at home or in my car when I'm by myself, but out in front of everybody, it, it's, it's a little bit of a challenge for me to uh-huh. just, all right, drop, let my guard down, throw my hands up, God, I'm worshiping you. So make a joyful noise. Exactly. Levi. Come on now. <laughs> I, I try. I try. Uh, it, it's, I find for me it is it puts my heart and my mind in the right perspective and in the right place because it's a little bit of me putting my flesh aside and all right God I am focusing on you I don't care if there's 200 people in this room it it is just let let me focus on yeah. you and it puts my heart and kind of prepares my heart and my mind to be settled and focused on God yeah. and the flesh is all right you you're you're aside for now and then move straight into the teaching I find that that is a very good flow and focusing tool for me to put myself in the right perspective to hear God's good. word. Good. Yeah. Good. And, and, you know, that collective power, that, that synergy that comes from the, the gathered church yeah. is yeah. really meaningful, which, you know, I, I got a bit of a hobby horse on this. So I don't like the, you know, close your eyes and it's just sure. me and Jesus on Sunday. Like, you know, why are we gathering then? Yeah. It's just you and yeah. Jesus, you know, uh, there are times, there are appropriate times, I think, to close our eyes and maybe limit limit the distractions sure. that are there. But, you know, there's also value in having your eyes open and looking around yeah. and we're singing together. And my voice, you know, my bad voice is being drowned out by these other people that have better voices than <laughs> yeah. me. How awesome is that? And just the collective power of that is is really meaningful. Yeah. And going back to what I said earlier about song, there's just some, there's a way in which God created us yeah. as human beings where, I mean, we can talk and we're talking right now, sure. but then he created these vocal cords to do this weird thing where we're like, now we're singing and, and that, that, you know, takes hold of our emotions. And then me singing is one thing, but then when you're in a room full of people all singing, it's like yeah. the, the emotions of that are, are all elevated. And so that's why that truth portion is so important, because if you've got emotions without truth, then you're going to go off the rails. Yeah. But if you've got emotions with the truth, that is powerful. It is. And, uh, you know, why would you want to miss out on that? And, yeah. you know, we live in a day that we live in the COVID world, and we have technology galore, and, you know, we live stream our church, sure. and um, we try to accommodate people who are, you know, at home or whatever, have COVID, aren't able to make it to a service on a Sunday. So that's better than nothing, but boy, it's it's yeah. better, yeah. better to be with the saints gathered, singing, worshiping, study yeah. God's Word. You, you made a good point, and I can say for me personally, it, there has been, always been, like, it's, it's such an encouraging, rewarding thing to open my eyes and look around and just see how yeah. beautiful it is of everyone in unison worshiping God together, and yeah. you're not in it alone, if nothing else. It's, it's just a beautiful picture that I can look back and almost just a picture book in my mind of different images of seeing everybody worship together. Yeah. And touching on the technology side, uh, you said we do live stream. It, our, our focus, I know, as a church on this side has always been all of our content is extra to a home church, to yeah. a body, to we yeah. always want to encourage the viewer 
to plug into a church and this is extra content at extra meat throughout the week or an extra meat later in the Sunday, but always yeah. plug in and find a uh, home uh, congregation, Absolutely. fellowship. Absolutely. Yeah. I second that. So I know you like the practical side of things, the, yes. the how-to, to what do you do. So if we have someone who is watching who maybe has been where I was, where I just I was justifying not going to church, or someone who's, uh, for whatever reason, not actively in a body and a fellowship right now, what are their next steps? What would you say to them? Yeah, uh, get to church. <laughs> Churches, and I say that, uh, for people who are both on, you know, believers and unbelievers, you know, unbelievers are, are welcome in the fellowship of, of other believers to hear the gospel, to hear the truth of, of God's word preached. Um, for believers, it's, it's so valuable. You don't want to yeah. miss out on that. You don't want to, there's, there's this thing that comes over you just as human beings, we have the sin nature and, it, we get corrupted throughout the week, and I, going back to the rhythm of the seven days, it's just so cathartic, if I could use that word, to to go and set aside our burdens. And I, I'm here to focus on God, get the, get my eyes off of myself, get my eyes on serving other people, and it it's um, it's rejuvenating in that yeah. way. So I would just commend that as a good rhythm for you, good rhythm for your kids, those of you who have kids who just need that that pattern of, okay, enough playtime, enough just doing the fun stuff that you always want to do. Now it's time to focus on the Lord and let's prioritize Him. He created you. And so building that discipline into your kids is important as well. Yeah. So I love church. You know, um, it's there'll be people, I think, here who have experienced church hurt. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's part of the dynamic. We're sinners in a fallen world. Uh, I think every Christian has experienced the hurt and the pain of, of betrayal. You know, Jesus, one of his 12, betrayed him, that yeah. he was closely tied to, that even he delegated ministry tasks to. Um, and so that's part of the experience. And so if you have experienced church hurt, um, you know, I'm sorry as a pastor that you went through that. And let me encourage you to forgive and do your best to uh, you know, go to church and, and re-engage and press through the messiness in order to, to experience the goodness of church relationships. Yeah. Great. It's the worst organization in the world, the church, except for all the rest, right? <laughs> right. Didn't exactly. I say that last time? I th you did. Yes. I stand by that. Yeah. I, I think I would support your, your comment there for sure. Thank you for your time. Uh, unfortunately, I think that is all we're going to have time for today. Stay tuned for more content on Theology and Action.